They're fast. They're fun-loving. They're fearless. They're nuts. Catching it. By day, they're the finest hot-dogging, freestyle skiers in the world. By night, they really take chances. You busy for dinner? Now that's a girl I can take advantage of. This is the motion picture comedy that's proud to go downhill fast. The movie that defies the forces of gravity. Sanity. And good taste. Hot Dog, the movie. Experience all the ducking, flipping, turning, chugging, jumping, sliding, gliding, speeding action you can take. And that's just in the hot tub. Oh boy. Gasp at stunts. Only a team of world-class madmen would dare to attempt. The dreaded Chinese downhill. And the greatest challenge of all, Playboy's Playmate of the Year, Shannon Tweed. Thank you. It's the fastest, hottest, feet in the air, head in the hot tub comedy of the long, cold winter. So grab your bowls and kiss your buns goodbye. It's Hot Dog, the movie. God, if your life had a face, I would punch it. Yeah. Wait, what? Let me ask you something. Why would you make the point of saying someone's not a genius? You think I'm especially not a genius? Veronica, why are you pulling my dick? Suck my fat one, you cheap dime store hood. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another installment of The Greatest Moments in the History of Forever. I'm Zach. I'm Matt. And this is episode number 227, Hot Dog, the movie. Just an insane title. Where can we find this one, Zach? (laughs) On (laughs) Blu-ray from Synapse. That's probably the only way you're going to be able to watch it right now. Yeah. For some reason, you can't even rent it on streaming. Let's just say we come up with a schedule before thinking it all through sometimes. <laughs> yeah, we had a big uh, screening of this about, oh, what, a year ago or something? Yeah. That was one of our big double feature nights. There's a whole backstory to my experiences with this movie that maybe we'll get to <laughs> at some point. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that night of watching this movie was like a movie itself, like that whole experience. I mean, we were just talking about Memento. That, it was kind of like a <laughs> Memento-type 
<laughs> moment because all this talk about watching Hot Dog the Movie and how you and a friend of the show, Brian Bell, had watched it before, but then neither of you really having a memory of anything from the movie. Other than the title, which we were convinced that we had watched this movie yeah, at yeah. some point, yet remembered <laughs> nothing about it. Right. To the point where we were almost like, panicking about wait there's it. skiing in this movie no we knew I it was know. skiing <laughs> one of our favorite genres by the way skiing movies oh yeah we'll talk about that too so this is week number two of one trashy summer in case you were wondering why the fuck we were doing something called hot dog the movie and this is a genre we haven't really touched on yet i kind of lump this in with the spring break genre which we'll get to in a second, but before we talk about this movie, let's remind our listeners to follow the show on Twitter at Greatest Pod and subscribe on Apple Podcasts where you can give us a rating and review. Oh yeah. Always a uh, big big news for the show when there's a new review. <laughs> yeah, please give us a yeah, review. Yeah. We love it. We're not a big podcast, obviously, so every kind word means a lot. Right. <laughs> Even if it's accompanied with a one star rating. Yeah, and it does seem that One Trashy Summer is specifically designed to not only lose us listeners, but to actually gain us one-star ratings and reviews. That's true, yeah. <laughs> this is the time of the year where we alienate our listeners. <laughs> That's right, which will always be something that we'll aim to do. But yeah, I do think One Trashy Summer is a turnoff for some, but <laughs> the hardcores get it, you know? It's all in good fun. We're talking about a whole... I don't. I wouldn't even say genre, but a whole just section of film history that is not really celebrated now in 2021. No. But it was such a huge part of film history for various reasons, all across different genres, different yeah. ideas of it. I mean, there's people out there who like swear by 80s comedy as like that was. Yeah. When movies and this were fun, probably would fit into that. Yeah. You can request a sticker on Twitter, at Greatest Pod, and you can follow us on Letterboxd, Zach1983, Matt Crosby, on there. Things have been heating up on Letterboxd, I would say. Yeah, as always. They're always smoking hot, I would say, on there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't keep up with it. I feel like I'm like so amateur on there, because it's just like I get one movie checked in for every five you do. Well, it's just all I do is sit I here just, and watch movies. Just an insane pace. I actually have a couple in the chamber that I need to get up there today. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'm trying to space them out a yeah, little bit. You got to give time to get those likes. <laughs> Not getting a lot of them. No, no. All right. So, Hot Dog the Movie, 1984, directed by Peter Markle, who directed a fair amount of things, mostly not really anything anyone would know although i did recommend one of his films in recommendations what was that a year ago i don't know when that was a hockey movie called young blood that was really the only other of his movies i had seen yeah i'd heard of some of them but uh, i've never seen them you were telling me um some television credits though for a beloved show yeah he did direct a couple episodes of the x-files he directed some tv movies and whatnot listen anybody that's directing Mulder and scully is Top rate for me. Hot Dog was written by Mike Marvin, quite a character as we found out on the Blu-ray. Yeah, you got to give him a lot of credit. He definitely believes in himself and believes in the project. Oh, for sure. And it's staying power. 
he wrote and directed some other stuff. The only noteworthy thing I picked out was a movie that's going to be released on Blu-ray soon called The Wraith. Yeah, which we had some conversation about. <laughs> yeah, recently. oddly enough, uh, it stars Charlie Sheen and Sherilyn Fenn and a few other people. I've never seen it, but I am intrigued. Definitely the cast perks the ears up a little bit. So as Matt alluded to, this is a ski movie. And a ski movie that, I guess, reintroduced a, a subgenre into American cinema that became part of what I describe as the spring break movies. They either take place at a ski resort or a sun and sand resort. Yeah, I can't help but feel like we've talked about skiing on the podcast before. I don't know when that would have been. Probably Maybe. my ski club stories can't, for can't hardly, hardly wait. wait. Yeah, it could be as, as <laughs> far knows? back as that. I have to say, I've done quite a few things in my life, willing to try a lot of things. Skiing, not something I'm willing to do ever. I mean, you could say I've missed the window, but it's just... Oh, it, you've missed that window. It, it's the only thing I've ever, like, you just talk to somebody that's wearing a fucking knee brace and you're like, what happened? It's like, oh, I tore my ACL. And I'm like, what? playing in the NFL? Because like that, that was the only people that tore their ACL. It's like, no, I went skiing this past weekend. I feel like 75% of the people I know that have ever gone skiing had some horrific broken bone or torn ligament from skiing. I definitely should have. Yeah. There were a lot of reckless moves down a mountain, just 90 miles an hour, Yours not able to stop. was more of a, like an injured pride situation. <laughs> <laughs> just an embarrassment. These type of movies were a product of the 1980s. A more common descriptor would be TNA movies rather than yes. spring break movies. The whole point of movies like this was just to get naked women and have crude humor, bring in a teenage audience. And when you're a child of the 80s and then see movies like this growing up in the 90s, you definitely have a different expectation of what life is when you oh, get for older. Sure. And these movies carried into the 90s as For well. Sure. Yep, yep. I think Ski School or yeah, Ski School I think came out in 1990 and Ski School 2 came out in like 93 or something like that. So there's ski, the two ski schools, there's Ski Patrol, there's movies like Up the Creek, Hard Bodies, Spring Break, Fraternity Vacation, Whoa. which we watched the same night that we watched Hot Dog the movie. That's right. Big double feature night. Joysticks, Screwballs, etc. These types of movies, specifically the the ski movies, were paid tribute to in an episode of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, where they actually have the guy from Ski School in the episode. Oh, yeah. And the whole joke of it is how the people who are acting like they're in the ski movie keep getting in trouble Like with the people who are in real life. They're like, you can't say that. Like, w You can't just pour beer on a woman's chest. Like, What are you doing? Like That <laughs> yeah. kind of stuff. And then Hot Tub Time Machine, I think, is also sort of an homage to these types of movies. Yeah, it feels that way. Hot Dog the Movie stars David Naughton, who we actually talked about as a star of An American Werewolf in London. Yeah. He kind of feels like playing himself a little bit in this movie. Just a dude. Oh, well, also, like, he's kind of past it <laughs> as the skier, but it kind of feels like maybe he's heading that way as, like, the young hip actor as well. The only things I know him from are American Werewolf in London, Hot Dog the Movie, and that one episode of Seinfeld where he plays the alcoholic guy. Oh, yeah. And that's it. I know. And he does have a look to him, though, that it's almost like a familiar look. He seems more like he's the one guy you look at in this movie, and you're like, he seems like a real actor. Right. And he's definitely better than Patrick Hauser, who's sort of the lead of the movie. Yeah. Uh, uh, kind of a Kevin Bacon type, maybe. 
like a dud. Yeah. <laughs> but a, as everyone was falling all over themselves on the Blu-ray to point out, a good-looking guy. Oh, yeah. But that's really all he was bringing to the table. Not a lot of not charisma. A lot of, yeah, not yeah. a lot of acting chops going on. But David Naughton, he was, as they say, the Dr. Pepper guy at that time, but we wouldn't really be cognizant of that because by the time no. we would have seen commercials, he probably wasn't anymore. I don't remember there being a Dr. Pepper guy, so... <laughs> But he has that face, I guess. The movie also stars Tracy N. Smith, John Patrick Nigger, Frank Coppola, and Shannon Tweed. Oh, yes. That was a name I was familiar with. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk about Shannon a little bit later. Okay. Sort of like a queen of One Trashy Summer, if you think about it. Just her whole career. One Trashy Career. (laughs) No offense. (laughs) Yeah, no, no. But seriously. (laughs) One of the weird little bits of trivia about this movie is that Naughton came up with the title, which I found interesting because even in the supplemental features on the Blu-ray, they don't specify what the title what is going to be. You know, I guess you can kind of feel this when you're watching the movie, but hearing the people that are in it talk about the movie, it seemed like there was a lot of making up what the movie was going to be while they were making it. Yeah, which is always what you want. Yeah. <laughs> Now, there's going to be a lot of jokes, and this is going to be an old-school episode in the sense that we probably will be making fun of some stuff, but I do want to say before we really jump into it that I find the movie pretty entertaining. I know Matt was struggling with the amount of ski footage used in the movie, but that's pretty standard for this type of stuff. I don't know. It feels... Like too much. Though. I guarantee you, there are other ones that are probably more. That okay. was this is probably on the light side. <laughs> There's like 45 minutes of movie, and like 45 minutes of skiing. Yeah, <laughs> it's <laughs> insane. But you hear us joke about this, and even like describing this movie makes it sound worse than it is. I feel like I've seen a lot of these, you know, genre TNA movies as yeah. you would call them, and I think this one is considerably more watchable than. Yeah, the relationship drama stuff is actually pretty entertaining. I like the look of it. It has a pretty cool look. I like the vibe of it. The whole opening portion of the film, even when they do finally arrive at Squaw Valley, that whole thing up until the first time they're actually skiing is great. It's a great movie. Yeah, the opening almost seems like a weird road movie. 70s, like we're heading towards a horror movie or something. Yeah. Hot Dog the Movie had a $2 million budget, and it ended up grossing somewhere between $17.7 and $22 million at the box office. It's sort of unclear exactly. You see different numbers floating around, but somewhere around $20 million, which is good. Yeah. For this type of movie, that's a hit, and we'll talk about the potential for a sequel at the end, which they sort of hint at, and then it never really came to fruition, but I'm actually shocked there was no sequel. This movie completely outgrossed Ski School, yet there's a sequel to Ski School. And I think more people probably know Ski School now through yeah. probably HBO in the 90s or whatever. But Well, there was some turmoil over the making. Wasn't the director like fired or something? Yeah, but even still. Yeah. It seems like this movie should have had like a second life. Who are you bringing back for it, though? Well, it seems like they talked to everybody at various points that it was going to happen. Okay. And that it just didn't happen. That's a shame. I'm going to read a couple quotes okay. from the booklet of the Blu ray, but it's written by Mike McPadden, who wrote a book called Teen Movie Hell A Crucible of 
coming-of-age comedies from Animal House to Zapped, which is a book that I feel like I need to buy on Amazon. I've never read it. It sounds like it'd be right up my alley. Yeah, I feel that way. And he writes, Hitting theaters in early 1984 at the ascending peak of post-Porky's teen sex comedy mania, Hot Dog's protagonists may not have been in high school or college, but the movie's ski lodge setting and R-rated raunch landed it squarely in the canon of high 80s adolescent anarchy farces. Like Bachelor Party and Police Academy, both also released in 1984, Hot Dog showcased amusingly animalistic adults behaving like out-of-control teenagers to an audience of actual teenagers who pack theaters and then rewatch the movie with fanatic fervor on VHS and cable as a means of partying vicariously through antics on screen. And the reason I picked that quote is basically the last sentence there, which is sort of an explanation for why movies like this exist. It's a vicarious thing. Oh, yeah. I think now we live in a completely different age and a different time. (laughs) I'd say so. And so movies like this, it's hard to really explain why they existed to people now, especially younger people. Even hearing you go through that, it just, you know, it goes back to what I was saying a little bit earlier, but it does (laughs) resonate with me because I'm just like, yeah, when I was watching this shit when I was a kid, I'm just like, I watched like Police Academy, I'm just like, oh yeah, this is what adults behave like. Fun. Just insane. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, as I said, it's inexplicable now, but these type of movies essentially served as the internet porn of their day. You have to remember. That's right. It served a purpose. There was no way for young teenagers to see naked women, other than if they actually got lucky themselves. But in terms of easy access to pornography, that just did not exist. Yeah, it's so obvious when you put it that way. It is so just like a whole genre was propped up by horny teenagers, and that was these TNA type movies. Some of them took place on mountains when there was skiing involved. Some yeah. of them were at the beach or whatever. What way can we find to work nudity into a movie? This will be a big seller for us. I didn't see this exact movie, but I saw Ski School 2 at like 3 a.m. HBO, Friends House, Sleepover. It's a necessary service. Adolescent boys walking around with their floppy boners, pretending they're not secretly jacking off in their sleeping bags. I can remember doing it. (laughs) Not the jacking off. I never jacked off with my friends. (laughs) Something we all know about but don't want to talk about. <laughs> oh, we're off the rails already. Yeah, really. But you know what I'm saying? Before people had cell phones where they could just look up whatever they wanted and they Absolutely. would have a picture of it in It two was seconds. just a different life. Yeah, I mean, I can remember. I mean, I have that same experience. I'm sure a ton of dudes from our generation have that same experience. Like, just waiting for that N. Yeah. On whether it was HBO, Showtime, whatever. They were good enough to tell you right at the start. And nudity. This seems like it's going to be a good movie. This (laughs) seems like it's going to be up my alley. And really, to this day, that end before the movie, still an exciting (laughs) moment. (laughs) Yeah, that's some one trashy summer real talk. Yeah. Folks, (laughs) let's be real. It's still exciting. We know that we have access to an infinite world of pornography, but there's something special about having nudity and movies and television shows and that's what one trashy summer is all about really that's the spirit of it all right (laughs) oh god yeah (laughs) cancel greatest moments hashtag (laughs) i don't know what happened but it seems like 
20, 25 years ago, it was like the, the ultra conservative religious right that was trying to shut this stuff down. And somehow they won. They've won by convincing the woke liberal left to that think was that like, same way. I know, because they were like, no way, the arts, free speech, whatever. But yeah, now it is completely flip flop. It was like an inception. They pulled an inception yeah, on, on everyone somehow. It was like now. They put that little damn fan in the vault. Yeah, now like everyone thinks like sex and nudity is bad. We we have a whole generation that are I think just overly prudish and yes, there are things in this movie that do not age well, and we will call it out unquestionably. And there's things that you sort of cringe at, but I don't think personally that the naked bodies are things that we should cringe at. I just don't. It's not me being a perv. I just don't see why sex in a movie is a big deal. Yeah, I would agree. I don't there think There should it probably is. be more male nudity, I know. But sure, like, yeah, but, you know, we'd be cheering for that, too. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. We would. I don't think that Hot Dog the movie, as far as the gratuitous nudity that occurs throughout the film, I don't think that that's one of the things that would get it canceled in my mind. Yeah. There's a few other things. It's not insane. There's plenty of 80s movies that are way worse as far as this stuff, but we'll call those moments out as they come. But I don't know what happened. You don't see movies like this now, but there really isn't a need for it, I guess. You don't have that desperation from a teenage yeah. audience like, oh, we need to see boobs in this movie. I don't think that there's too much gratuitous nudity in this movie, actually, outside of the bar scene. Meanwhile, there's like 12 <laughs> chicks dancing topless for 20 that minutes. That scene is insane. But Shannon Tweed and then the Sunny character, I mean, they're having sex. Last I checked, most people aren't wearing their clothes during that. Yeah, I agree with you, but... Then again, I forgot about the lady working at the hotel. But that really happened, so I mean... <laughs> Is this our most off-the-rail episode ever already? I, I, I think so. We have to really like pump this one up so people have a reason to go buy the Blu-ray to watch this. Well, it's an MGM film, and Amazon just bought MGM, so maybe it'll work its way to Prime. I know at some point it must have been available on some sort of on-demand, because that's how Brian and I watched it. Yeah. Supposedly. But that <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> but that was like 2010 or 11 or something like that. That was like a decade ago. Okay. Wow, I was thinking you guys watched it like further back than that. For some reason, I thought this was like something you guys watched in like college or something. No, this was his old apartment. Oh wow, that's even weirder than that. You weren't really remembering it. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what happened. <laughs> it was like an episode of the X Files. Yeah, for real. He's like blacked out and got abducted by a <laughs> an alien, and we were on a UFO, and we thought we were watching Hot Dog the movie. <laughs> And yet, it's not like there's some other movie that we actually do remember watching. Right. Like, I don't remember the, any details of anything. But we just believed that we watched this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Are we ready to get into it? I guess so, yeah. The movie opens with gratuitous downhill skiing and some big jumps. We have anthemic 80s rock. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Like, every song on the soundtrack to this is like... Dun, 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 dun. And then, like, synth, like, it just... At the time, <laughs> we could be in love at the top. Bam, 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 It's just like, okay. Every song kind of seems like it is when you were mine. None of the actors in Hot Dog the Movie could actually ski, or I guess ski well enough. So there's a lot of stunt double work. Wow. On a Blu-ray in high def. <laughs> It's pretty noticeable. I was going to say, how well does that hold up on like this giant-ass 
TV that we just watched this on. By the way, a little kind of flashback to the old days of the show where we actually watched the movie before we record. Yeah, because Matt had no way to watch it. He doesn't own the Blu-ray. <laughs> and, and you can't even rent it anywhere right now. <laughs> right. Which I find odd. I don't know why that happens. Folks, if we've said it once, we've said it a million times. Invest in physical media. That's right. I know that a lot of you might be thinking, well, I don't care about Hot Dog the Movie. When am I ever going to want to watch that? You need to. It's not just Hot Dog the Movie. It's anything. could just disappear. There's tons of great stuff that you can't find. Yeah. I know people don't like to think that. People are really you know, only interested in watching Iron Man 3 for the 10 millionth time or whatever. <laughs> but if you start getting into film and you're exploring different filmmakers, different actors, different eras, different genres, you're going to come across stuff that you literally cannot find anywhere, not even to rent. By the way, when we talk about like alienating listeners, we basically like love everything, but the one thing we trash seemingly like almost every episode is Marvel, and it's like the most popular thing in the world. I'm not even really trashing it. I'm just saying that seems to be the only thing people care about. Okay, yeah. You know? <laughs> in sort of a negative context, though. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I saw Iron Man 3 in the theater. I mean, I saw, like, all the movies. <laughs> I've seen, like, every Marvel movie. After the opening credits, we're at a gas station. It looks like it's in the 1930s or something. It's very retro. It's a little hint of what we've talked about in the past. Yeah. That used 80s look. That's right. Stuff that was old by the 80s in Fabulous Baker Boys or Bull Durham or things like that where it's just like stuff that is from other eras that's still around at that point this gas pump is something that doesn't exist yeah and even the truck that the main character harkin drives is something out of another time you certainly can't swipe your debit card at this gas pump. oh no (laughs) the main character of the film has a ridiculous name harkin banks yeah that is wild although he sounds like a successful skier He's played by Patrick Hauser. I like to think of him as a much older, or maybe not even that much older, but an older cousin of Adam Banks. Yeah, he does he have sort of like looks an, like Adam Banks, and he a has bit. like an Adam Banks vibe. For people who don't know Adam Banks from the Mighty Ducks movies, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't putting that together, but now I'm like a hundred percent. Yeah, this is Andy has like natural winter sports skills. Yeah, this yeah. is in the same universe. That's right. <laughs> Banks is played by Patrick Hauser. He is a young and ambitious freestyle skier from Idaho heading to a competition at Squaw Valley. And that's your basic setup. While he's at this gas station, a van pulls up and kicks this girl to the curb. Throwing a bunch of cassette tapes after her. (laughs) Throwing her stuff out, yeah, which is mostly cassettes. We're going to find out that this girl, who is named Sunny, is headed towards San Francisco, but... Eventually, we're going to find out that she's only 17, so it seems like she's a runaway of some kind, maybe. Yeah, unclear. We don't get the full story there, but it doesn't seem like she's got a very good home life if she's heading for San Francisco. After putting up a brief front of being a super tough chick who doesn't need any help, she eventually accepts Harkin's offer of giving her a ride. Well, it's a good thing that she comes to her senses on that fairly quick. I mean, look, it could be a dangerous situation, but take a look around you. Does oh, this yeah. gas station look like it's going to have a lot of Harkin Banks-type characters coming no. through it? I, I don't think so. Yeah. It's 1984. I guess you know they filmed in 83, so you're talking early 80s. Were girls, young girls, pretty girls, were they still hitchhiking? Was that still happening at that point? It seems, seems like just there an would invitation have been to be murdered. Horror stories 
at that point that would have been frowned upon or not, <laughs> at least frowned upon. Not the wisest choice anyway. Both Harkin and Sonny are blonde and sort of dumb and it starts out as a road movie adjacent. They're just sort of riding along the road. They're giving each other shit, but in a very friendly way. They have a nice little chemistry going. Sonny's played by an actress named Tracy N. Smith, who also appeared in the aforementioned Bachelor Party film, but did not have a super big career, despite, in my opinion, being insanely attractive. That's and she so. just gets hotter as the movie goes, really. Yeah, yeah. God, she's foxy by the end of this movie. (laughs) Those sunglasses. Yeah, she's got a look that we could talk about for a multi-series of episodes, really. Just her fashion. Give us a second. Sunny from Hot Dog the Movie. (laughs) Hot Dog the Movie. Anytime you say the title, that's just a laugh in and of itself. It is, yeah. So they're riding along. It's really sort of unclear where they are, but they're working their way to California. But it seems like they're in the mountains the whole time. I don't know. They stay at this motel called the Siesta Motel. It's a cozy little room bathed in reddish light. I know. That seems like it'd be hard to sleep. It's sort of like an inverse of Halloween 3 or or the opposite of Halloween 3 where in that movie the girl was very eager to succumb to the advances of a Dr. Chalice. In this situation, Tracy's like putting up a big wall being like, well, I'm not going to stay in there. You're just trying to get in my pants. And then he's like, oh, okay, you can sleep in the truck if you want. Yeah, really? I'm not going to pay for two rooms. So she comes into the room, and then she's like, well, there's only one bed, so pick a side and stay there. You know, she's definitely got yeah. like this attitude. By the way, it's not like he's putting on a press or anything. No, he doesn't even seem interested. Yeah. And then the next day, as they're driving along, mm-hmm. she says, so how come you didn't try anything last night? If that was me, we would have swerved right over to the side of the road and I would have kicked her ass to the curb. I Enough mean, of these get mind out. games. <laughs> Don't you dare say that kind of shit now. <laughs> you can kind of see why she was kicked out of that van. Yeah. She is abrasive. If it was me, though, I think legitimately I would have just fallen asleep, too. <laughs> just because I'm so tired all the time, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. You. Yeah. <laughs> The second day of driving, and now San Francisco is suddenly not so urgent, and Sonny is willing to tag along to Squaw Valley. By the way, I think about this stuff now, and I know it was a different time, but okay, you're on the road, you're heading somewhere, you're heading to San Francisco, literally like the most expensive place in America to live. Probably not then. Yeah, I know. Probably not then. But- I don't think anything you're thinking about is comparable to then. Yeah. I think everything was so different. I know. That's true. It just You could just do things, I guess. Yeah. Plus, she's a hot chick. <laughs> that's true. She just gets paid for showing up. <laughs> they <laughs> hand her a bag of money when she gets to town. Here you go. Key to the city. Endless opportunities. Thanks for being here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The second motel they stay at is the motel at Squaw Valley, the one that they get a permanent room in. It's called Fantasy Inn 3. Yeah, right. Dynamite. <laughs> like Roman numerals 3. Well, that's I assume that you know there is one and two. Or the first two burned down in the same spot. Oh, that's true. That is a move that happens. Something. But it's yeah. an odd name for a place. Definitely. <laughs> Agreed. When they go to check in, there's no one at the front desk. And we experience something that is a staple of these type of TNA movies, and that is the hot tub. Yeah. 
It's a fixture. It's almost as crucial as the skiing itself in a skiing movie, in a skiing TNA movie. Absolutely. There's a woman in the hot tub. I don't know if the characters can see the hot tub. It, it seems like the people in the hot tub can see them, but Sonny and Harkin yeah. don't really react to the hot tub itself. It's they? weird. There's a door from the office to the hot tub. Yes. I don't know. I don't I, know, how I don't know if works. they can see him. It doesn't seem like they can see him, but the two in the hot tub can see that they're... Plus customers. they're ringing the, the buzzer. Yeah, yeah. So this woman gets out of the hot tub after a guy comes up in goggles as if he was going down on her in the hot tub. Yeah, that definitely seems like a tricky operation. We'll get to it in a minute, but Mike Marvin claims this all really happened. Yeah. And everything in this movie actually happened. <laughs> Which I seems insane. Seems slightly embellished, maybe. But yeah, it, it does seem like it's something done for just a visual gag. Right, right. Have this guy come up with the goggles. This woman gets out of the hot tub completely naked, boobs, butt, bush, random hotel lady, just walks out. Yeah, she looks good, though. Oh, yeah. And I guess the funny part is she does grab a towel, but she wraps it around her hair and not her body, and then comes out to wait on Harkin and Sonny, who are at the desk. Nonchalant. Fully nude. This infuriates Sonny, who is now clearly into Harkin already. She's taking this as a move. Yeah. Sonny is great, and I love her, but she definitely struggles with jealousy. Absolutely. She's very abrasive, and she seems like if you were her boyfriend, she would be getting you into trouble a lot with other people. I would agree with that, yes. She's writing a lot of checks that your ass is going to have to cash. Yeah, and I'm really not interested in doing that, i got to tell you. <laughs> So yeah, as I mentioned, on the Blu-ray, the writer of the film, who was also one of the producers, Mike Marvin, claims everything in the movie actually happened at some point in his, I guess, super exciting, crazy life, including this moment of a woman coming out of the hot tub to wait on them at a motel, completely nude, and wrapping a towel around her hair. Do you buy that? It feels far-fetched. I, I gotta tell you, if it did happen, I don't think the woman could have looked as good as the one in the movie who knows seems unlikely the motel room itself has shag carpeting on not only the floor but also the walls has a waterbed and a heart-shaped hot tub (laughs) it's a crazy room but yeah really harkin says it's the only thing he could get he is desperately adamant to try to get into this skiing competition this is the only room there this whole setup seems odd the setup of the movie He's a semi-successful skier. That's about. I think he's a rookie. They keep calling him a rookie. I don't think he's been in any of these events before. All right, so he's going here just to qualify. Oh yeah, but you never see like a lot of that stuff, right? Did you want more ski footage? I felt like we got enough. I didn't need more ski footage. I just wanted to be a little bit more clear on the set. Like, why isn't he? Why is he driving? (laughs) Oh, they gloss over everything to do with the actual competition. You never have any idea what's going on. It just seems random. Yeah, yeah. Who cares? Okay. Before having some fun with Sonny in the bedroom, they decide to go to dinner. They go to the Olympic Village Inn because they did have the Winter Olympics here in either the 50s or the 60s. That's not exactly sure what year it was. Maybe 52 or something. About towns. I don't know if this is an American thing or if this is like the world, but it's like if something happened in a place, you can really like hold on to that and capitalize off that for well years to come. The Olympic thing, though, is different because they build a lot of stuff. Yeah. And if you maintain it, then 
why wouldn't you want to have it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. But so yeah, they call this building the Olympic Village Inn, and in walks Rudolf Garmisch in a full-length fur coat. He's this Austrian guy who speaks German. <laughs> yeah. Now Rudolf, when this first happens in the movie, like the first time you see it, you're like, well, is this a real guy? Because you don't realize this is going to be like the cartoonish villain of the movie at I, first. Yeah. Because he's like, oh yeah, this guy won the gold at Lake Placid. Right. And this is only four years later. This is a sharp looking guy. It's so you're thinking, all right, well, is this a real skier? Like, why would you lie about someone winning gold at an Olympics that just happened the prior Winter Olympics? Wouldn't a lot of people be like, well, no, that that's not the guy. This makes sense. I guess they're just so confident that no one's interested in the Winter Olympics. <laughs> Harkin, of course, recognizes him. He's starstruck, and he's actually, like, super embarrassing about it. But when he goes up to Rudolph, Rudolph blows him off. And so Sonny, in her usual fashion, reacts poorly to this, yells, Hey, Adolf! Oh, yeah. <laughs> so that the whole restaurant is Everyone looking. Everyone stops and turns and looks. Calls him a Nazi bastard. Oh, boy. And that's when Dan O'Callaghan intervenes as things get tense. And Dan O'Callaghan is played by David Naughton. That's right. He's an American skier on the circuit. He's an older guy at this point. I guess he's supposed to be like 30, which is probably like old for skiing. I don't know. Over the hill. Yeah. It's a little bit past his prime, but he's still a fan favorite, especially in the Tahoe area. Beloved by the townspeople and his fellow skiers, really. He refers to, quote-unquote, Rudy as a world-class asshole, and we will refer to Rudolph as Rudy for the rest of this time, so if people are confused, Rudy is the the heavy, if you will. Okay, yes. <laughs> if there is a such thing in a ski movie. <laughs> <laughs> but the night's just getting started, though. After this introduction to Dan, Harkin, and Sonny head over to the Lone Star Cafe and Saloon. By the way, how easy do you think it is to, like, drink this much and then still be able to go do these insane flips off of snow ramps how easy it would it be i I, I don't think it would be that easy i agree yeah (laughs) because i don't think i'd be able to do them having not drank at (laughs) all so if you're like an athlete in pretty top shape i just feel like if you're getting like hammered every night they do a lot of things in this movie where you're like you're pretty much fucking yourself over. Yeah, yeah. Not least of which is the insanely violent broom ball game. <laughs> well, that's that true. Later. <laughs> We're like, don't you have this big competition in the morning? <laughs> but let's talk about the Lone Star Cafe and Saloon. Inexplicably honky-tonk themed to be yeah, this mountain bar. You're like, where's Swayze? Where's the cooler? <laughs> Does not seem very big from the outside. Yeah. And honestly... The interior shots seem to match. It's very small, but there is a lot of people crammed in there, and it seems like a party spot. Yeah. You have the out-of-towners in here for the ski competition, mixing with the locals, a lot of mountain-looking people, but it's also a goldmine for hot chicks. (laughs) Definitely. Yeah, there's a lot of talent in this town. Conveniently, Harkin and Sonny arrive just as it's time for a wet t-shirt contest, which, of course, is something that happens in movies like this. And not really in real life. No, outside of like a strip club. I yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess it's happened on like spring break I'm or something. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's occurrences. Certainly not in my life. Not a couple of dorks like us. No, We've, no. <laughs> whenever the invitations for a wet t-shirt contest are being handed out, we're skipped over yeah, pretty quickly. Yeah, we cross our names off the list. <laughs> These guys won't want to come. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're too busy counting their Criterion Blu-rays. That's right. 
The wet t-shirt contest is hosted by none other than a guy named Lester the Molester, which I thought was pretty fun that that's his name. I mean, this guy is, he's a bit of a creep. A bit of a creep. (laughs) (laughs) Just a bit. Yeah. The girls who participate are not only beautiful and well-endowed, but they're super pumped to be there. Everyone's very eager to get up there and have this happen. But Lester is not happy with the number of girls, so he does a gag where he needs his girl finder, which involves him unzipping his fly to pull out an enormous flashlight, which he then finds other girls <laughs> a lot of, and pressures uh, them into doing this. Really committed to the bit when you're keeping a giant flashlight in your pants for maybe hours on end. <laughs> when did he put those pants on? I mean, it's a big-ass flashlight. Oh, yeah. You know? But yeah, I got to tell you, I have spent a lot of time in my life in bars like this always hoping that a moment like this would happen no nothing remotely close oh and it gets wild it gets real wild sunny doesn't join in which i'm sure a lot of viewers were breathing a sigh of relief because her character is only supposed to be 17 yeah although that doesn't prevent her from being nude later in the film the actress of course is in her 20s yes but it was a different time you could introduce a character and say they weren't 18 yet and then all of a sudden they're nude as long as the actress was of age doesn't really seem like something they do now. I would agree. And it, and it seems does, weird that they ever really did it. I would agree with that, too. It does <laughs> seem like an odd thing to do when you could fully be like, there's no reason that this character needs to be 17. No, she, not this one specifically, although yeah. there is a lot of high school movies where the girls are naked and stuff. That's true, but there's no reason why this girl can't be 20. Yeah, I don't know. I guess they wanted to make her seem like a little sort bit. of naive and inexperienced. Yeah. But okay. uh, it doesn't really factor in to her character at all. That's true. Let's face facts. I think the people behind Hot Dog the Movie were creeps. That feels fair. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah, a little bit. Some of them. Yeah. The girls involved in this event soon get topless. Lester living up to his name, molesting the girls. There's an insane moment where he just starts putting his mouth on the chest of one girl. That's actually just kind of a shocking moment. Oh, yeah. It might be the most shocking moment in the entire movie. Uh... <laughs> Maybe. Aside from some of the insane ski things that are going on. (laughs) Yeah, it is weird because I don't really feel like there could have been any consent in this situation. So he's just There wasn't a lot of opportunity for it. That this is going to be okay. I do want to point out that some of the girls are up to the task in terms of being wild. There's that one girl who we see a little bit later. She might even be the girl that he puts his mouth on her chest. That's true, yeah. With her shirt on, I should say. But she's the one that deep throats that bottle of beer that he's holding in front of his crotch <laughs> like it's fucking Killer Joe or something. Oh, yeah. Two movies in a row where you have a guy pretending something is his penis and a girl putting her, her mouth on <laughs> it. Hey, we get it. some K-Fry C? <laughs> it's a theme for yeah. One Trashy Summer already. No, I think that is the same girl from the end of the movie who was in the ski lift gondola thing. But, yeah. I don't know. It just turns into this insane event that i've never seen anything like and of course mike marvin the writer claimed that the real life quote-unquote event that this is based on was much wilder than what we even see in the movie some life that guy was living this would file under gratuitous nudity just an endless scene of girls topless at a bar people partying and cheering and nothing that really moves the plot forward in this scene and it goes on a long time long time and then later Back at the Fantasy in 3, we have an acoustic seduction. Oh, once, 
We were dreamers on the rise, we were the sun Where the sun never shines and we were gold Where the night bird only flies That's a long time, you know, for that kind of wind to blow Long time ago, we were dreamers on the rise. Harkin's playing guitar, and the way that Sonny looks at Harkin when he's doing this, just true love. She is all in when he <laughs> oh, plays yeah, guitar. I know. You have to hand it to Tracy Ann Smith with her looks for the uh, guitar playing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she definitely melts whenever he pulls out that six string and starts strumming his original tunes. I you assume to, those are originals. <laughs> well, he says that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I don't know, they're terrible. But as I said to you when we were just watching this, you can tell that this movie is written from a man's perspective. This is like no the question. fantasy of what you want women to react when you break out the acoustic. Yeah, that's what you think happens. And it never really happens. No. Most of the time... If they're going to have sex with you, it's like it ends up happening despite this move. They're just right. still like, ugh. They almost it, change their minds. <laughs> mostly uncomfortable when you just start playing music. Especially like original songs. Ugh. They're just like, oh my God. <laughs> when will this be over? <laughs> yeah. But not with Sonny. Sonny loves it. That's true. She already is very much in love with this guy, but her hard-edged rough nature prevents her from being fully open emotionally and that's going to lead to some problems in the next 24 hours <laughs> yeah i you know i get a sense that the uh, sylvia thing was happening one way or another yeah maybe. that we'll get to this opening portion of the film is just great the idea of hanging out and partying in the mountains at a ski resort with little to no actual skiing that's the dream it's absolutely wonderful for sure seems like a fun life and you have to imagine it was fun filming this movie. I think Just so. Just a party yeah. atmosphere in the mountains. That's yeah. great. I do like that yeah. Harkin works in how his sister compared him to John Denver. <laughs> Just <laughs> casually throwing that in. I think you're going to get laid, dude. You don't have to go to the John Denver comment. Yeah. I think you're already there. Let me get this thought in your mind. I think he was there as early as her complaining that he didn't make a move the prior night. He's going like above and beyond at this point, breaking out the guitar. Yeah. I think the mystery was better, though. Shirtless, in jeans, playing yeah. guitar. The two of them have an absurd and tender love scene with very slow and emotional piano playing and then <laughs> slow motion, fully nude, rolling around. Yeah, it's almost like a love scene out of the room or something. Yeah, kind of. And it goes on a while, too. Yeah, yeah. Just two naked people rolling around. Two very attractive young people. Yeah, what a life. I know. I don't fit anywhere into this equation, that's for sure. No. Just the creep watching the Blu-ray and then talking about it on a podcast. That's where I fit in. <laughs> <laughs> the skiing starts in the morning and the movie is ruined. <laughs> Just the so end. much yeah. skiing from Ruin. here on out. Yeah. And it doesn't make any sense. Nobody knows what's happening. It doesn't matter what happens either because you don't care. I will say that the climactic skiing sequence is fun, but that's the only time, and it takes a long time to get there. Oh, yeah. All this other stuff is pointless. There's some joy to be had when all of the stunt double stuff is happening. 
just because yeah. of how insane it is. But yeah, I'm on the record on this. Way too much skiing, and it pretty much dominates the movie from here on out. Although I do enjoy the majority of the, the Sylvia storyline at the house. Oh yeah, the relationship drama and all of the character stuff is pretty fun. And I think that's why this movie is rewatchable, why I would want to talk about it on the podcast. If it was just a generic ski movie with a paper-thin plot about saving the mountain or the resort and some girls take their tops off, I don't know. It's uh, That's not really know. that fun to me. When you describe it like that, it sounds pretty well, good. Well, it's basically like what yeah. kind of like ski school okay. is. But I don't know. There's something fun about Hot Dog the movie where you sort of believe that elements of this stuff with the characters could happen in a situation. Obviously, the people in the movie are much more attractive. and Definitely. The drama is probably heightened a little bit. But that's the soap opera element that I'm attracted to about it. The ski stuff, of course. Who cares? <laughs> yeah. Dan introduces Harkin to his group of friends, which he refers to as the Rat Pack, which seems like a self-appointed nickname, which is always kind of embarrassing. Yeah, that's a tough move. You have Squirrel. We have Kendo, who is slightly offensive. A yeah, Japanese I'd say so. At character. least racially insensitive at the very least i would say it's probably less offensive than a 16 candles or something like that it's not like a gong every time he's on screen or anything oh but it's close yeah yeah (laughs) it is close to that we also have fergie slasher and banana pants aka michelle who is dan's girlfriend and yet never really factors in anything and you never really see her yeah that's true it feels like They must have quite a relationship where Dan is just kind of off gallivanting all the time. Flirting shamelessly with Sylvia. That's right. I will say on Squirrel, he kind of is rocking like a Ugg from Salute Your Shorts. The zinc oxide on the nose. That's right. This predates Ugg, but yeah, same idea. Okay. People are like, oh yeah, that reference. Yeah. (laughs) Our listeners weren't even born when Salute Your Shorts was on Nickelodeon. Hey, get on Paramount+. Plus. (laughs) Dan is the leader of this group on the slopes. We meet Sylvia, played by Shannon Tweed. Oh, yeah. And you want to talk about One Trashy Summer, Skinamax legend. In a time before internet porn, there was Shannon Tweed, who wasn't doing actual pornography, but what we refer to as softcore pornography, kind of, where there's a lot of full nudity, but no penetration. Yeah. She is now the wife of Gene Simmons from Kiss. She had been in a long-term relationship before they actually eventually got married. I don't know why. <laughs> I've seen Gene Simmons in person at a mall. He's an odd-looking person. Kind of a person. frightening-looking man. But, yeah, I mean, I guess he's super rich. Which always she was helps. the 1982 Playmate of the Year in Playboy. Yeah, so this is two years after that. Yeah, well, they were filming in early 83. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah so she's right fresh. off of right. that. Apparently, Hefner was in love with her and was calling to check up on her all the time at the set. (laughs) Just have to check in, make sure things are okay. I'm taking that guy's word for it on the Blu-ray, but I could see that. He definitely was fixated on like the popular blondes, and that never ended until he died, basically, with Hefner. (laughs) Yeah. The rest of us got over that after like 1999. Here's a selected filmography of Shannon Tweed, and I want you to keep in mind a couple of things. Okay. All of the movies I am about to list... Came out in 1991, 1992, 1993, and 1994. So you have four years worth of movies. And I skipped over everything that didn't have a crazy title. 
and a ton of TV stuff, oh, like wow. TV episodes. I just want you to keep that in mind. So there's a lot more credits this, in these years, too. Yeah, I was going to say that it sounds like, like this is a very prolific era for her. The joke of this was to be the titles, but then I realized there was a second joke of just how many movies. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's insane. This is going to be like the titles from Clerks that Randall's reading through? No, no, no. Because this yeah, isn't yeah. like hardcore porn, right, right, but these right, are just right. I know. the implication. <laughs> <laughs> Last Call, The Last Hour, Night Eyes 2, Sexual Response, Cold Sweat, Night Eyes 3, <laughs> Indecent Behavior, Scorned, Model by Day, Possessed by the Night. Those are two different movies. Okay. Hard Vice, Nightfire, Illicit Dreams, Indecent Behavior 2. And it just kept going throughout the 90s. That I cut it off at a certain point. I, don't, I was like, I don't want this to go on for minutes. What do you think the shooting schedules of these movies was like? A couple weeks. Yeah, really. At most. These were straight to Cinemax, Showtime, HBO, yep. usually. There probably was like a VHS release as well, that yep. kind of a thing. Just a glorious time. <laughs> when are they putting out that Criterion Shannon Tweed box set? Oh, God. <laughs> All of these movies range from like a 3.8 to like a 4.9 on IMDb. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say on Letterboxd. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Out of five. Oh, I don't even know if all of these are even on Letterboxd. Yeah, yeah. But her presence in the movie was definitely an attraction at this point. Sure, yeah. I think there was a certain novelty back then of a beautiful playmate from Playboy being in a movie. They could promote that. Playboy had a huge fan base back then. So I assume that would... Shannon Tweed had some fans out there. Yeah, that was going to bring in certain people i don't think this was her first movie i think this was maybe her second i'm not entirely sure they were like this will put butts in the seats now not to like slam shannon tweed but what does it say about your career if hot dog the movie is like one of the more legitimate sounding of the movies (laughs) (laughs) yeah folks harkin is immediately interested in sylvia and it's sort of despicable considering he probably left Sunny in a state of undress back at the motel room. I know you, and you're getting the immediately sense that he's on the like prowl into this. I mean, he's, she's continuing to crash at his hotel. I mean, they've kind of taken up this life together. <laughs> yeah, I know that you were saying that it's understandable, and you were sort of making excuses. It sort of makes me a little sick. Yeah, I've how quickly he's just like fuck that chick because. I don't know. There's something vulnerable about Sunny that I would agree. I think the way that she's acting is like clearly like her defense mechanisms of like trying to be tough. Look, Harkin is definitely a douche. <laughs> There's no denying it. But I'm just saying, a Sylvia doesn't walk into your life that often. Yeah, that's fair. I think, I think it's acceptable for her to be a head turner. <laughs> yeah. But he goes to like a whole. I other know level. it's nuts, and it's clear in the build up to that. Where he's like trying to justify it by stuff that Sonny says and does. Right. It's completely unfair. Sylvia skis up. She's got the zipper halfway down on her ski suit. It looks like she's not wearing anything under the ski suit. It's like skin tight. Yeah. Just looks like a million bucks. Right. Rudy is officially established as the heel. He formerly dated Sylvia, and Rudy blames Dan for their breakup. Although Dan does not really seem to confirm or deny this. He just sort of th- throws that out there like, somebody fucked her in Europe, he blames me, wink, like in front of his girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's hard to look tough, though, when you do that little hop as you're skiing away, as Rudy does, and he kicks his legs up in the air. It is hilarious. 
That is one of like the biggest. Do you think that's supposed to be funny? I don't know, but it is one of the funniest parts in the whole movie. I feel like. <laughs> so we get our first of many ski montages to a cover of "When You Were Mine," the Prince song. Of course, I love the uh, Cindy Lauper cover. Yeah, Cindy Lauper did a cover. This is done by Mitch Ryder for some reason. Always a welcome song, though. And then after this montage where it just seems like they're skiing for fun, that's when they post the qualifier list. And <laughs> I didn't know we were being surveyed. That's what I would be like. This counted? I thought this was open ski. A couple members of the Rat Pack don't qualify, including Fergie and a guy named Dogger, who at this point in the movie was not mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> so not sure who Dogger is, to be honest. It seems like they're just adding and inventing characters. Part of the crew. The gist of it is that there is this bias towards Europeans because of all the European sponsors. They're catering to Garmisch and his posse. The movie sort of adopts this anti-European vibe, which is kind of weird. Yeah, it's Rocky Four in that way. Uh, yeah, I do think that one of the quotes on the Blu-ray was like, something meets Rocky on skis or oh, yeah. something. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like yeah, yeah. Really pushing that. But... Does this predate Rocky IV? What year was Rocky IV? Wasn't that yeah. later in the 80s? It feels like it would have been later. It feels like it would have been closer to 1990 than this. Yeah, I do think that Mike Marvin mentioned that for a potential sequel that the the new villain would have been Russian. Which <laughs> is, How course. is that really that different from yeah. Austrian, folks? <laughs> no offense. <laughs> Rocky IV was uh, 1985, so one year later. Okay, so they, yeah. they beat them. They yeah, beat them right. to the punch. Yeah, Stallone was watching this and it was like, I got it. Yeah, but I don't know. Russia, it doesn't really seem like the same thing as... Well, that's true, because it's not even in Europe. Is it? I think Russia's in Asia. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. We're really like just tiptoeing through a, a minefield right now. <laughs> we don't know what idiots. to say. Yeah. <laughs> that's okay. We are idiots. We've embraced it. Yeah, the whole thing with them catering to the European sponsors and stuff, they just throw that in there to give an explanation for the absurd ending that is to come, where right. it all builds towards a screw job finish. You know, the whole deal. Yeah. There's a mild disagreement between Harkin and Sonny on the way to this party at Sylvia's giant lodge. It seems like Sonny took a drug of some kind, and then she won't tell Harkin what it is she's like yelling it's not like you own me but the payoff for this the drug the specific, yeah, not right. you never even know what it is right, they right. never explain it yeah. there's things like that scattered throughout the movie where it seemed like they wanted to throw more things in there yeah i would agree and then they never they must have there's cut no out other stuff yeah. i do think like the initial rough cut had like three hours or something oh, which wow. a lot of that was probably ski footage that got trimmed down but <laughs> like, we had two more hours of ski footage but you know what i mean there yeah. probably was little connecting things that it maybe explained certain moments that they just sort of like who cares we don't need that yeah yeah i will say this party sequence and kind of the sylvia character during this I, it kind of seems like out of wall street or something this is like gordon gecko's chick <laughs> <laughs> well it's just clear that it's written in a way where harkin got a look at sylvia He's already got ideas, and now this is like building justification. This car ride, even though he kind of smiles through some of it, the idea here is like, oh, well, you're not going to just be my girlfriend and do whatever I want, and you don't, you're not listening to me when I'm asking you what you just took. So fuck you. 
And then we see her later, you know, with a guy putting his arm on her a little bit. So then oh, yes. Harkin's just like fueling a fire now. That's right. They get to the party. Sunny meets Sylvia, and there's this instant tension because, of course, it, it's Sunny. That is her nature. And she probably can see the threat there. I think so. But to me, I mean, and we talked about this while we were watching it, Sylvia is a hot babe, of course, obviously. But to me, Sunny is just stunningly good looking. I'm blown away by how attractive she is. I can't believe she didn't have a bigger career, this chick, Tracy Ann Smith. It's without question I would be more interested in the Sunny than the Sylvia. But as I pointed out (laughs) before the show when we talked about this, if you asked Matt in 1999, I think it would have been a Sylvia. Yeah. Sylvia very much looks like she's pulled off the pages of Playboy because she actually is. That's right. But it's sort of this artificial beauty. I'm not saying that because of like breast implants or anything, but just sort of like this unattainable, right, right. like airbrushed beauty that's almost hard to even yes. relate to. Sunny seems more like a real person. You would say that Sunny has like this natural beauty, a girl next door beauty, if the sure. girl next door was the hottest chick you've ever seen, that kind of a thing. <laughs> right, right. But like yeah. freckle kind of beauty. I don't know. It's hard to explain, but I just think she's absolutely stunning. She might actually be too hot for this part. So there you have it, folks. <laughs> People are like, this is bullshit. This podcast. <laughs> what the fuck is this? <laughs> what are they trying to tell us? <laughs> is she attractive or not? We can't tell. <laughs> We've never even heard of this movie, and we can't watch it, so we're going by what you're saying. We don't know. Is this woman attractive? We can't figure it out. <laughs> Sylvia's kind of like Susan Sarandon from Bull Durham. She just seems to pick one skier from a tournament, makes it happen, and then moves on. That's right. Usually, whoever the new young stud is yeah. seems like he's got a good chance. She's already separating Harkin from everyone at the party, and then pretty early is like talking about fucking their brains out so (laughs) it's not really like a big secret as to what she's trying to do (laughs) no he doesn't really have to work for it i wouldn't say and they start getting naked as duran duran plays we don't really know where sunny is at the moment and this jerk off is now rolling around nude with shannon tweed it's kind of his move while everyone else is dancing downstairs this is probably less than 24 hours after fucking sunny by the way sunny at the party I I will say, that is just a shameless move. Yeah. And then his excuse later is wild. Yeah. Is that something that was cut out of the movie? We'll get there in a minute. Well, we won't get there in a minute because we don't... That comes up later. But there definitely is some weird editing choices in this movie. Some of it is editing mistakes, but then there's other stuff where you're like, did they cut something out that explains what he's talking about? I don't know. But after they fuck, they go to a jacuzzi and... (laughs) Seemingly... Endless amounts of jacuzzis at this house. It's funny that you pointed out the song that's playing because I have a comment here. Just an insane song starts playing while they're in the jacuzzi. That's right, yeah. It's so sappy. <laughs> where you're like, what is happening here? Is this like jerk-off material or is this like a love story I for know. all time? <laughs> because it's like, it doesn't fit at all. Yeah, well, it's like freaking Top Gun. <laughs> Take my breath away hits. Oh, no, it's nothing like that. It's way <laughs> lamer. There is a little moment here, and when we talk about stuff that doesn't age well, there's a joke with the rest of the Rat Pack. A girl sits down at a bar. Dan's behind the bar. The girl asks for a drink. He's like, I'm going to make you something legendary called the Leg Spreader, Uh which doesn't horrify her. 
and she just keeps going with it, where he basically fills up a fishbowl with alcohol. Which seems disgusting. Just all different kinds, and then she chugs it all. No, impossible. Stands up, passes out. It's been a long time, but in my life I've done some of these things. <laughs> some of these, sh- Not with these guys. I'm saying just these horrifying shots. Yeah. At a bar, like three wise men or something or the three jacks or you know whatever and it's just like the most disgusting thing you've ever had right there's no way someone could chug this she stands up passes out immediately squirrel looks down at her and says now that's a girl i could take advantage of or something something to that effect it's it's basically like an implied date rape joke which oddly enough the writer defends on the (laughs) blu-ray which is insane yeah I don't know. This is the kind of stuff that definitely was in movies like this in the 80s. Yeah. People sort of just either embraced it or looked the other way as it's, oh, it's just a joke or whatever. Even people were definitely Dan does say, like, squirrel, yeah. come on, or whatever. Right, but, right. Yeah, so it's not like they don't acknowledge it. Although he movie. called it the leg spreader, which, okay, so if she didn't fucking pass out completely, you were going to take advantage of her as long as she was conscious? I know, it is fucked up. I don't know. People were just quicker. It's not like I don't think people didn't know that it was horrible, but I do think people were quicker to be like, well, it's a joke, which is yeah. now it's people would be like, well, you don't, it's not really something you should joke about. Right. Especially since the darker side of parties like this at a mountain ski resort, I'm sure tons oh, yeah. of girls were taken advantage of and raped and whatever. So to joke way, about it is sort of dark. In these movies. Hangover is just not a thing. There's a one hangover joke where he's like, I was up late That's doing right. a crossword oh, yeah, puzzle yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But, but I mean, yeah. You go to a party like this, and the next three days, you're just like. <laughs> well, Harkin wouldn't be hungover. What's he going to be hungover from eating that ass? <laughs> That's a good call out. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think he was drinking anything. Although, you know, he does have wild claims later That's true. about what was going on. So, yeah. That's the type of thing that doesn't age well. The Kendo character who was played by a Japanese-American guy, but from what I can tell, didn't actually know how to speak Japanese, and I don't think is speaking Japanese through most of the movie. I think that's confirmed in the documentary we watched. I think the only time that he's speaking real Japanese is when there's subtitles. But when there's not subtitles, I think he's just making it up. Which is actually kind of hilarious when you watch the movie with subtitles on, and he's saying things in Japanese, and the subtitles just say speaking Japanese. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's not really saying anything. Right. Those are the two things to me from this movie. Yeah, for sure. Are... Don't hold up. Yeah. Don't age well. I think everything else you could just be like, well, it's fun, party time, yeah, yeah. whatever. I think that's fine. I don't really think that should be considered a big deal. But yeah, this little like date rape moment that is, you know, it's nothing explicit. It's mo- mostly just a joke. But Well, that and the fact that Sonny's supposed to be 17 i feel like doesn't isn't something people love oh uh, well yeah but the actress is old enough sure sure yeah and i think the harkin character is supposed to be like 19 or 20 yeah. or something it, it's not like it's weird right but depending on which state they're in there could be a legal concern it is there. weird that he's just like yeah i'm gonna continue driving you across state lines yeah right i mean he's putting himself at risk I guess in different states, though, like the age of consent or what? Or, the legal the, age yeah, differs, is yeah. different. Right. I don't know. Who knows? 
that's just like a throwaway bit of dialogue at the beginning where it's hard to even tell like again something that could have easily not been in the movie like we got to keep this in yeah it's very important that we know that she's not 18 (laughs) sunny comes upon harkin and sylvia going for round two in the hot tub and terribly upset and shocked by this she wanders around and then eventually enters a sauna in which Rudy and his gang are in there already. I'm like, what is this house? Like a spa? It's like a lodge. Yeah. Yeah, the implication is that Sylvia is renting it for herself, but it doesn't seem like it makes any sense. It's so big and has like multiple hot tubs and a sauna and everything, but I don't know. There's like a waterfall in it. It's like the office in Nakatami Plaza from Die Hard. (laughs) I think it was just, hey, we have this place as part of filming in tahoe let's just make this the place where she's having this party there's no explanation it, it seems like matter. an expensive place to rent but then again you know sylvia is like someone who skis in this town so seemingly that you'd be well to do i don't know yeah we don't really know much about sylvia is she like an actual skier is she just a ski bunny is she a ski groupie is she <laughs> just someone that shows up to these tournaments i mean we get that she used to date rudy but I don't know. It's weird. She's definitely good at skiing, though. That's clear later with the move that she pulls. There's some weird, kind of bad vibes in this sauna, and it's I'd hard. Say so it's hard to get a read on Sunny's state of mind during all of this because she really doesn't speak much. Although eventually she does do kind of a suggestive thing with her tongue towards Rudy. Yeah, that actually that whole thing just sort of plays as strange to me yeah it's really hard sometimes in this movie especially in this scene to know what they wanted the audience to think yeah and this scene at first you're like is this gonna be some weird gang rape vibe it although does feel that way half of bit. rudy's group is chicks not that yeah. that means anything but i don't know it's weird but then she sort of is into it and yes. you know she's pissed about what happened with harkin and sylvia so I don't know. A lot of weird vibes in this sauna. Rudy apologizes for before, presumably what happened at the restaurant on the first night. And then he gives her a beer, starts rubbing her shoulders. Then he starts working his way up that thigh. And as he does, it cuts abruptly to the next day on the slopes. Kind of a brilliant cut, really, because you're kind of just like jarred into the daylight because it's so dark and steamy in that sauna that's right and then all of a sudden it's dan on the slopes where he's being dragged along and he's got those beers and everything that's true you're not gonna hear us say you know this is the best directed movie i've ever seen it's not the tightest script we've ever seen but the editing (laughs) excellent work except it isn't the editing is terrible (laughs) (laughs) there's little editing mistakes with the zinc oxide on the face and sylvia's panties during the sex scene like there's all kinds of weird things in this movie the next day the rat packs drinking beers partying on the mountain rudy comes along and this blew me away this is like the line of the movie (laughs) yeah this exchange is unbelievable it's out of nowhere because at this point rudy is just a generic european bad guy that doesn't really stand out he's got bad hair an accent. Based on the way he so daintily exited the <laughs> yeah. scene earlier, you're not expecting him to have one of these zingers in him. Yeah. 
Look who's here, Mr. Personality. Was ist denn los, ihr Schweinehunde? No kidding. Hey, Rudy, have a beer on me. Hey, little rookie. <laughs> Do you know what I had for breakfast this morning? Wheaties. <laughs> Very clever, but no. No, it was quite the feast. Yeah. How do you say in your language? I had sunny side up, and I had sunny side down, and I had sunny side all the way around. You toad suck, son of a bitch! Hey, 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 hey! Rudy says to Harkin, do you know what I had for breakfast this morning? Harkin says, Wheaties? Very clever, but no. No, it was quite the feast, ja. How do you say in your language, I had sunny side up, I had sunny side down, and I had sunny side all the way around. Yeah, just brutal. (laughs) That is a drop the mic. That is a whoa moment. Yeah. And spoiler alert. You don't actually see her have sex with Rudy, but it's never confirmed throughout the rest of the movie that it didn't happen. Yeah, I think you're supposed to take it that yeah. she got her revenge on Harkin. And- so everyone on this mountain is fucking everyone. It's very incestuous. That's right. The STD is just being passed but back But Sonny had to do this. I mean, she had to level the playing field. Oh, yeah. her and Harkin I don't blame her at maybe, all. Maybe, like, get it going again. Maybe. I don't blame her. Yeah, yeah. You see a, another competitor out there like Sylvia, and then your dude just immediately goes for it. You got to start lobbing bombs. Absolutely. At that point. Yeah. <laughs> but obviously, Harkin fucks Sylvia, so that's agitating to Rudy because, of course, like Squirrel and those guys are like rubbing it in Rudy's face to try to like get back at him. Because, by the way, Harkin has now been like welcomed into the fold he's like a part of the rat pack now yeah yeah so they've got his back rudy's pissed obviously that someone had sex with sylvia but as we pointed out it seems like sylvia gets around i'm not disparaging her at all but she has her pick of the litter that's right and so it doesn't feel as personal the whole thing with sunny she's like an outsider to the ski scene she's just a, a young kid Coming along in the world seems like an innocent. Harkin's sort of like helping her out, you know? That seems personal. That, For sure. That's got to be just a dagger. But you know what? You did it to yourself, you dumb fucking idiot. Yep. <laughs> Fuck you, Harkin, you that's piece of right. shit. <laughs> the actual events finally get started, but honestly, who cares? They do this ski ballet, which both of us had never seen or heard of outside of Hot Dog the Movie. It seems crazy that you'd be good at all of these things because it's the same competitors that are like, yes, I can do this crazy ballet shit. I can do the flippy shit off the ramps and I can do like, well, you probably have different strengths and different weaknesses. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, unless you're like a Harkin Banks, who's like a, you know, he's like the triple crown. We already know from Dan that Rudy has challenged the Rat Pack to a big broom ball game later that night. (laughs) When you couple that yeah. with the sunny drama hanging over everything, it really diminishes this dumbass ski dancing. You know what I mean? You can't set up a big event for right. later that night yeah, yeah. and also have your other drama, which seems way more interesting to begin with, and then be like, oh, yeah, here's some guys just dancing around in skis. <laughs> what, like, what are we watching yeah. this for? Who cares? People just audibly booing when... <laughs> 
Harkins friggin' scores come up from the judges. So the crowd was into it. Not surprisingly, Harkin emerges as a threat to Rudy, but it seems like the judges are going to screw him. Showdown becomes inevitable. The ski events are sort of scattered over two or three days or whatever it is. Sure. It's hard to tell. When Harkin gets back to the motel room, Sunny is packing up her things, saying it's time for her to move on. Mm-hmm. She evades Harkin's questions about Rudy, but then confronts him about Sylvia. And this is where <laughs> it comes out. He claims he was drugged. Yeah, this is just a... I mean, come on, man. Have some spine here. Just own it. Well, that's what I mean. I never noticed anything happening there. Was something cut out? Why would he just say that? That's not so, like common in a movie to just throw something like that out there. I don't see anything happen. I mean, this seems like he was 100% in on the Sylvia it's thing. Bullshit. He wanted to fuck her on the mountain as soon as he saw her. That's what I'm saying. I know. Yeah, and it's just like he just doesn't have the heart to tell Sonny It makes that, him even like, more of a weasel. That's what I'm saying. Be a man and own what you did. Not that I know what being a man is like, but... <laughs> Yeah, he says something to the effect of, she gave me something and I didn't know what I was doing or something like that. Yeah, right. Ugh. He wants Sonny to stay. And then he's like, here, take your hat. And she's like, well, you can keep it. Give it to your girlfriend, Miss Plastic Tits. That's right. Some of Sonny's burns stinks. Uh, take issue with that line being in the movie. Well, yeah, seems like it was a pretty free-flowing environment. Yeah. No one knew what was going on at any moment. She's probably never seen Hot Dog the movie. That's true. They get to this broom ball game, which is supposed to be played on ice, but yeah. the Olympic arena in Tahoe, the roof collapsed, and they weren't able to do it there. So they end up just playing it in the snow, which takes away the difficulty of playing it on ice, but ultimately makes it way more violent because you're not slipping. So you're just basically able to just check people and crash. And yeah, there's only two reasons why I know what broom ball is. One is this movie, and the other is because my dad would go play broomball when I was a kid at the local rink. Yeah, I knew someone that played broomball before. I never played it, but I, I am somewhat familiar with it. It's a pretty hardcore sport. The way that these guys are playing it is pretty violent, no rules. It just left me wondering, don't you have like this big event in the morning? I know. A lot of potential for injury going on in this stupid broom ball game. <laughs> yeah, just like insane body checks. People being punched in the face, full on <laughs> elbows to the face. At one point, Banana Pants and the one of the Rudette girls Go are just rolling it. around, yeah. pulling each other's hair. And I'm like, oh, this is what this was all for, just to set up this. <laughs> the crowd is just electrified by this moment. <laughs> the next day, we see Sunny still there. She's walking out of like one of the lodges. She's like rented skis or something. So I immediately started thinking of the old song, Where Did You Sleep Last Night? Oh, yeah. <laughs> because the broom ball game happens at night. That's after we see Sunny leave the motel room. Then we see the next day her coming out in daylight with these skis. Is this another editing snafu? Like, know. what happened here? I, Where did she stay? It, it kind of adds another fun layer of mystery to the movie i feel like I, because that's is, what you want in a ski movie is a, is a layer of mystery sunny though it is like she's constantly like oh i'm heading somewhere but no car no plan so yeah hey, i'm leaving your hotel room but by the way i don't have anywhere else to go that's true was there a reconciliation with rudy hey, yeah rudy was like look honey i got what i wanted so move along to the next cabin 
Sunny tries to ski herself. She's skiing in jeans, just basically laying in the snow. Pretty much the most insane stunt double moment (laughs) that you'll ever see in your life. My exact thing that I wrote, and then possibly the worst stunt double moment maybe ever happens. (laughs) There's a man approaching her as she's laying in the snow with not really blonde hair. At and all. I feel like maybe I'm making this up, but it seemed like the second time, because we did rewind and watch this, visible chest hair, it felt like. <laughs> but wait, it's actually supposed to be Sylvia. <laughs> all of a sudden, Sylvia is standing there. That's right. She playfully taunts Sonny over Harkin, teases the idea of a threesome, which infuriates Sonny even more, who is just struggling to even stand, which I can relate to. Yeah. I had a hard time sometimes with skis. Uh, it seems impossible to me. Although they're much easier than a snowboard, I will say that. Yeah. I was able to at least do the trails without falling down. Okay. Not really the slope part, though. Yeah. Like I said, it's just an injury waiting to happen for me. Harkin's scores in the freestyle downhill are comedically low, despite everyone in attendance believing he was awesome, so the fix is in. Later, back at the room, he starts playing a sad guitar song. Conveniently, Sonny returns. She could hear the song. She was like on the other side of the mountain. (laughs) She's like, what is that? Is that John Denver? They should have recut this. Because you didn't have to have her coming out with the skis and being having the confrontation with Sylvia. You could just put that after this. So where does she put her cassettes when she goes skiing? I guess in a locker at the... uh, Yeah, where's all of her stuff? Yeah, I know. (laughs) Harkin's obviously ready to give up as a skier and try to become the next John Denver. That's right. Sonny comes back. It's nice to have multiple talents. God only knows where she's actually been for the past 24 hours. Doesn't really make sense. Hard to figure out. I think Harkin would rather not know. (laughs) They need to start over. They need to start from scratch. They would go on and get married and never talk about what happened in those 24 (laughs) hours ever again. It's sort of an unspoken agreement. Yeah. She loves when Harkin plays guitar, though. She's oh, got yeah. that look in her in her eyes. For sure. They seem to forgive each other without having to say it, which is always <laughs> nice. Yeah. As if we haven't had enough sexual hijinks, there's a moment with Squirrel and a girl named Vicky on the gondola lift where the other Rat Packers are in a lift in front of them looking back. Somehow they are able to see what's going on as Vicky, this girl... Decides to blow Squirrel without really knowing him at all and having like only met him 30 seconds prior. This is, you're kind of like banking on this scene, like really like hitting because it's kind of long, this sequence. This is the type of stuff that people thought was like really hilarious. Yeah, it's almost like this is a set piece that they've been building to. Like in the script, it's like, okay, well, we just finished like 25 minutes of skiing. <laughs> so we got to come back with a big comedy sequence and it's like it's kind of long i mean not really funny (laughs) yeah they try to do a bit with the zinc oxide on squirrel's face he's like rubbing it all over his face the editing is bad because at one point it's all over his face and then it's only on his nose again (laughs) it's like that's kind of funny yeah the amateur hour when it came to some of this continuity stuff is is sort of embarrassing but yeah, this girl, I think it was one of the girls from The Lone Star. We weren't 100% sure, but it seemed like... She had a similar look. Pretty familiar. Yeah. 
doesn't really say much and then just sits next to him and then just starts going for it. And then all of a sudden she's blowing him. I mean, obviously you don't see anything at all. What but... were you saying about this movie being from a male perspective? <laughs> oh, yeah. This something that seems like it happens? Girls interested in your acoustic guitar playing and blowing you on a ski lift. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. For this last section of the movie, Sonny wears these enormous shades that are like sort of like tinted red, but you still like see her eyes. That's right. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a complete statement. Her whole scarf, shades, sweater combo going on here. This she is, just looks incredible. It's a diva move, I would say. She's got sort of like a beret on. It's kind of a beret looking hat. Yeah. Not quite, but similar. Just really something special. There's more skiing, this time jumps and flips. They get to the final official event. Harkin does this twist and triple, which everyone thinks is impossible. They have to like <laughs> sell you on the idea yeah, yeah. that it's a big deal because obviously the audience doesn't know or care what this is. They're like, oh, yeah, what? What the audience should be like is like, that's clearly not Harkin up in the air. How did his hair get longer? Yeah, the stuff with the jumps and the flips off of the ramp or whatever, it's so clearly stunt doubles, the hair and the face. It's so obviously somebody else. Although it's not as funny as the Sylvia stunt double, which is just that, that's unbelievable. That's the best part in the whole movie. Rudy ends up winning the bad guy. Of course. The crowd in attendance boos and throws snowballs at the judges. <laughs> Everyone's just outraged by this. Yeah, that's I, pretty great. I can't imagine caring or being at this in the first place. It is insane that they get this, many, this much of a turnout for supporters, but I guess when you live in a town like this, if there's an event going on, you're there. Yeah. In one of the more hilarious moments to me, Sonny throws what I would consider to be one of the mildest taunts at Rudy, where she yells, Hey, Rudy, what's it feel to win but be second best? His response to this is to ski up to her, grab two handfuls of snow, throw it in her face from point-blank <laughs> range, and keep skiing. That's almost like slapstick humor, but it's like... The most manly thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Just throwing snow yeah, in the face of this girl. Really showing her that it doesn't bother him. <laughs> <laughs> if they made her say something truly offensive, which she has done in this oh, yeah. movie. Right. She called him yes. Adolf earlier. <laughs> yeah. And a Nazi and all this stuff. Then, you know, I wouldn't say it justifies it, but then you're like, you're in the ballpark. This is like not really that big of a fucking taunt, and he just fucking loses it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he knows. He knows he didn't deserve to win. Just scooping up snow and throwing it at a girl. What a move. It's sort of a bold thing in a movie to be like, all right, we're going to have a ski movie. The competition is going to take place in America. And then the plot of the movie is that the American judges are going to be biased towards the European competitor. Right. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> Does this make any sense? A million people, including the Rat Pack, launch an all-out snowball attack on Rudy's victory party. Just pandemonium, snowballs everywhere, hitting Rudy, hitting Sylvia and everyone that's there. Because now it seems like Rudy and Sylvia are chummy again. By the way, I had to just fact-check this. Russia spans Eastern Europe and Northern Asia. So, still counts. All right. Kind of a weird thing, though. One country. Yeah, but is it a counts. part of either? I don't know. Is it its own thing? I don't know. (laughs) 
You know something, Rudy? I think it's time we settle this once and for all. Hey, Squirrel. Spot me 50 bucks. 50? Make it 40. Chinese downhill. 40 bucks a man, winner takes all. Yeah, it is the only way. Chinese downhill. Oh, and uh, Rudy, to bring the trophy, I think it should go to the real champion. I am the champion. But the Chinese downhill will decide everything. Yeah, it is a great. Chinese downhill. What does the fuck is a Chinese downhill? So the rival factions inexplicably agree to settle it all in what they refer to as a Chinese downhill. Now, I believe that the concept of a Chinese downhill is made up for the purposes of this movie. And so it does seem unlikely that you would go with that name now I would agree. for your big final event. Yeah. I don't want to say it's offensive. It kind of bothers me when people just assume something's offensive just because you say the word Chinese. That's like the old joke of people who are sort of racist, but they don't know what to do. And then they're like, well, what would I call you? And they're like, well, I'm Mexican. And they're like, that doesn't sound right. And yeah, like, yeah. Well, you know, because it's literally what you would refer to someone from Mexico as Mexican. But like, yeah. It's just a word. I don't know. It seems weird that they call it that. I, I think the writer like, was saying he claimed that people he overheard people saying that at a ski resort. Okay. But I don't know. I think he just made up what it is. Right. So is it just because the word Chinese is in it? It's therefore racist? No, I don't think it's racist, but it just seems like weird to say it. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't seem to actually have any right. connection to China or anything. It's just some word. Yeah, yeah. And they really drag this out. So basically, what it is, is everyone who wants to be in has to pay $40 to be in this giant downhill race. And for whatever reason, Rudy agrees to this, where his trophy will be on the line. This trophy that he gets, I don't know. doesn't seem like he's going to officially relinquish the title that he just won. There's no official involvement in this, but it's for pride and for the money, because pay $40 a man. I don't know why, but everyone just goes down this giant slope and there's no rules and you can basically do whatever you want. <laughs> and they really including like it seemingly murder at one point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they really drag out the start of this thing and as you said, the movie should just end with everyone being arrested for attempted murder because actually, that's what happens. Yeah, I think it is actually hilarious and it, i i wish we had like the uh whatever f- from like stern to like make it sound like a megaphone or whatever <laughs> just do the guy because he's like okay here are the rules of the chinese downhill there aren't any <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i will say this is the one ski footage section of the movie that is pretty cool the stunts are cool because obviously they're all real. They're not. There's not like there's computer effects or anything. Everyone's doing this shit. Some of them look pretty dangerous and yeah. wild. I can't believe that no one got killed or hurt on this movie. Because <laughs> yeah. it doesn't seem like the type of movie where they would know what they're doing. Oh, yeah. 
It feels like if there were any paramedics on set, they would have been overwhelmed. <laughs> They're just recklessly flying down this mountain. There's giant rocks and trees, and people are pushing each other <laughs> at full speeds. It's actually kind of badass looking, I have to say. Like, Oh, yeah, these sequences are way cooler than you would expect, given the level of quality. I don't want to oversell it, but yeah, yeah. it is cool. Especially yeah, yeah. the one with More the guy so. going through the lodge. Because they open that door where the girl comes out the door and he goes through the door. And I mean, like and it timed. does look like they're going down like intense hills, you know? Yeah, and I think they are. They used like a lot of actual professional type skiers, people that had competed on a professional level, competed like in Olympics and actual competitions and stuff. Because you have to. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> you can't really fake this stuff. Obviously, amateurs and the actors themselves aren't going to be able to do this shit to make it look good. Yeah, and it all pays off in this giant race. I do love that they're like, well, it's 40 bucks a man, and then they're like, the winner's going to get $2,300, which is doesn't really work out mathematically for $40. That's true. That ends up being at like 57 and a half or something. You would think they could have stopped and done that math. They get the trophy as well. Everything seems pretty dangerous there's that part with the picnic tables which conveniently the skier crashes through like breakable tables but then there's like those really heavy duty picnic tables where you would just shatter your entire body (laughs) if you crashed into them at full speed of course at the end harkin narrowly wins and they have a big celebration i actually think it would be cool that if like someone unexpected ended up winning like harkin and rudy take each other out at the last minute and then banana pants wins or Maybe like Sylvia for some reason is in this. Like a shock yeah. win. Yeah. That to throw cool. everyone off a right. little bit. But Harkin wins. There's a celebration and then Rudy's like, You win. I can't do like the oh, yeah. stupid accent he does. It's, bas- it's like the end of D two. He's just like, Good work, Captain Duck. He's like, I'll see you in hot dog two <laughs> Which is insane. Yeah. That they're just referencing the movie title like that. <laughs> And being like, I'll see you in Hot Dog 2, which, of course, never happened. There was no Hot Dog 2. That's a shame. We'll get to that in a minute. Freeze frame ending, though, because this is the 80s. I think the freeze frame would have been better. That would have fit what you were talking about. If Banana Pants wins, freeze frame on her, like, holding up the trophy. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. A character that barely speaks, and you almost forget about it. I know. I would be like, A. This movie's an A. (laughs) I'm already there. Yeah, yeah. But A-plus would be on the table. (laughs) (laughs) This movie cost $2 million to make. It makes like $20 million. I think it probably did pretty well in rentals and sales and probably was licensed to various premium cable channels and stuff. It certainly could have developed into a cult movie if it didn't. I think the people on the Blu-ray documentary were claiming it was a cult movie. The size of that cult. Yeah, it seems like kind of a small cult. because Just because it's a low profile, though, I do think it's pretty enjoyable... And at various points, they said for the next decade, into the 90s, it was still discussed and brought up every now and then. People were contacted about doing it, and then it never really went anywhere. And there was no real definitive answer. It did seem like that Mike Marvin character worked on a script at one point with Nick Cassavetes. Oh, wow. I don't know why it didn't happen. Yeah. I think... It seems like it should have when you see that Ski School got a sequel and Ski School is nowhere near as good, I think. But I don't know. In a way that sort of leaves it as this forgotten moment masterpiece. in the 80s. <laughs> masterpiece. 
this moment of just the 80s. He couldn't recapture yeah. it anyway, so what are you going to do? That's true. But that happens. Sometimes things are mildly successful, and then you can't really find the right financing. I guess one guy told that Marvin dude, like, hey, the only reason anybody saw this movie was Shannon Tweed's tits. <laughs> well, it's like, well, who can we get for the sequel then? Yeah, exactly. Folks. <laughs> Yeah, I enjoyed it. I do like the first portion the best. Definitely. I wish that there was less skiing. I think the idea of setting a movie at a ski resort and just having it focus on like the party atmosphere and like the the little dramas that pop up here and there would be fun without the ski stuff because who sure. cares? Yes. I don't really know what part of the audience is like clamoring for that action footage. But it helped pads out the movie when definitely. your script is probably a little short. Adds to the runtime. <laughs> I definitely think that we needed to tackle this. We've hit a lot of different angles with the several One Trashy Summers that we've done thus far. We did like Women in Prison. We did Artsy Trash, like yeah. De Palma. We did 80s Noir type stuff last year, which was like most of them. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of thing. There's a lot of different elements of trashy movies, but a straightforward tna movie like this and definitely more specifically the ski genre part of it i really wanted to do yeah because it's it's definitely something that does not exist at all now i was gonna say do you think the ski genre has like a comeback in it no yeah it doesn't feel like it the closest thing to like a modern equivalent which wasn't necessarily like ski related but sort of that raunchy tna stuff was like the national lampoon stuff that oh yeah was mostly straight to video but then every now and then they do like a van wilder or whatever right but even those type of movies aren't exactly like this this is like a whole genre to itself yeah i think it's come and gone (laughs) yeah it's only for people who are like in their late 30s at the youngest who can really appreciate it now that's right or who have nostalgia for it at least right i'm sure people like in their 40s and 50s think this is just like a good time like Porky's or something. Yeah, yeah. Porky's is what kicked all of this off. Right. Porky's was successful. Porky's took like the raunchy teen movie to a whole other level, and then it became, well, how can we like riff on that idea? Right. And that just morphed into like a whole different variety of things. Yeah. What are you doing? What? <clears throat> what? Vincent stopped making picks. Well, how am I going to know what movies to see? We have a wide variety of Gene picks. Gene's trash. I'm Gene. All right. So, I do not have a recommendation this week other than to say, hey, if you have a Roku or you have some device where you can get Tubi, I think Tubi is actually pretty great. The last couple of movies I've watched, some of them have been on Tubi. It has stuff that nowhere else has. I watched okay. the 2002 horror movie may all right and i watched eight million ways to die on tubi as well do you not have the kino lorber of that no oh wow i went through the app and this is a free app you don't even have to give a credit card or anything you can just download it and you have access to all this stuff they have a lot of good stuff on there okay they have big cool stuff like boogie nights or whatever yeah but then it has like the cell Oh, yeah. yeah, or whatever. It just has like a a huge selection of yeah, movies. Yeah, I have to look on there. I I did get it 
at your recommendation at one point. I, I might have gotten it, though, to watch something for the show. But... I recommended Wind River a couple of weeks ago. That's on there still, okay. although I think that's one of the things that's leaving soon or whatever. But I think something bought Tubi or is affiliated with Tubi now, so like that's why it has this big selection. Gotcha. Yes, there are commercials, but it's not a ton of commercials. And for free, I, I think it's kind of worth it because the movies are unedited. It's not like watching right. it on TV or something. I don't know. I think it's a, it's sort of a cool app for people to check out, and there's a lot of good stuff on there. I was sort of mentally making a note of a few things to come back and watch later. Okay. That I was like, oh, here's some stuff I wanted to see that's on here. And look, I know that this is not going to be a popular take because people seem to love all of the Netflix stuff, but when I go into Netflix now, I mean, I'm not really finding things I want to Netflix is the least used streaming app for me now. Me too. I almost never use it. If I'm like striking out with Prime and Hulu and HBO Max, I'll take a gander, but it, it's tough. It's There's not a lot that I'm really finding on there. I anymore. guess it just depends on the person. Yeah. If they are like into Netflix's original content, they're probably fine with it. I only have a few Netflix original things that I actually really like. Actually, maybe not even. Really like sounds like I like it a lot. That I like at all. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm interested in a new season of Stranger Things. I'm interested to see if they're going to do Dairy Girls again. Even though that's technically not a Netflix original, but they claim that it is. Yeah. You know, there's a few things. But most of the time when I see that Netflix logo on the little square as you're passing like, by, pass. that's a skip. I'm like, <laughs> And that's almost everything on there now. Yeah. I'm not interested in well, Netflix's definitely... own stuff. They definitely have gone away from having like obscure titles on there. Yeah, that's where you turn to a Tubi and you're like, right. holy shit, this category of movies has 200 in it. Yeah. And you're like, oh, there's at minimum 50 good things in here. And out of that 50, maybe 10 or 15 are things I want to watch because I don't have the Blu-ray or I haven't seen it before or whatever. Yeah. There's just stuff that you can find. I know that maybe it's not for everybody because of the commercials or people don't have that much time and they're already invested in other apps, but there's definitely like cool stuff to check out on right. on Tubi. So we'll we'll pass it over to you for your recommendation. Okay. Uh, a movie that I watched earlier today actually. Streaming on HBO Max, a movie I had never seen was familiar with, The Grifters directed by Stephen Frears who uh would go on to work with Cusack again. He directed High Fidelity, but yeah, right. of course it has John Cusack and Annette Bening and Angelica Houston, and uh, it definitely has trashy elements to it. I wouldn't call it a trashy movie, but it, it kind of was fitting the vibe. It actually really reminds me of The Hot Spot. I didn't like it as much of the as The Hot Spot, <laughs> but it, it kind of has that same feel. Angelica Houston and Annette Bening are both like really good in it. I thought it was pretty fun. I mean, it wasn't perfect. What was this on? Streaming on HBO Max. Okay. Not perfect. Certainly not my favorite Stephen Frears movie because uh, I love High Fidelity. And I did watch The Hit because they, they put that on, on Criterion. And I like that too. So uh, I'll probably dive into more of his filmography actually. But I, I did enjoy it. Um, you know, anytime it's like a bunch of con artists pulling schemes, there's some yeah. fun to be had. And uh, two dynamite women in it. Just off the charts. I have never seen it, although I have thought about it at various times. I've seen the used Blu-ray every now and then, and I'm like, oh, I should get this. I mean, Annette Bening completely nude in it, and, um, <laughs> and you're like, wow. 
Didn't know she had it in her. All right. Now yeah. my interest went way up. Right. <laughs> and Angelica Houston looks good, too. I mean, all right. she's kind of a hot older lady, I think. <laughs> We're letting it all hang out That's during right. one trashy yeah. summer. There's no restrictions. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Our real personalities are emerging. Just an appreciation. All right. I'm a yeah. fan. Hey, this is a judgment-free zone. Thank you. <laughs> we'll get back to judgments in July. <laughs> <laughs> One Trashy Summer is a safe place for creeps like us. That's right. Folks, this episode is way longer than I would have ever imagined. I know, it's kind of actually, like, shameful. (laughs) I'm not feeling great about it. (laughs) Well, I doubt that many people will actually listen to it, let alone the whole thing. That's so this show, though. Well, do you remember how long the Wish Upon a Star episode is? I, I, I don't remember the actual <laughs> length, but it's longer than the movie. I know it that. Was, it was longer than most movies. It was like two hours and 48 minutes. <laughs> I'm not that worried about the hot dog the movie length right now. <laughs> All right. Well, let's wrap it up here. All right. So follow the show on Twitter at Pod. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, etc. Give us a rating and review. Let us know if you'd like a sticker, if you still want to remain a fan of the show. Despite this episode. Despite us being complete ass clowns ourselves. That's right. (laughs) And follow us on Letterboxd. Zach1983, Matt Crosby on there. Let us know what you think of Hot Dog the movie, if you can track it down or if you pick up that Blu-ray. Who knows, maybe... You'll find a copy of it somewhere. I'm sure it's on DVD as well. Oh, yeah. Yes. If you have Come like on. a used DVD store, I'm sure you can find it for cheap or something. Unless it's out of print. I don't know. Who knows? Anyway, we thank you so much for listening, for sticking with us. If you're new to the show, and maybe this is something I'll point out at the beginning of the remainder of the One Trashy Summer episodes. But if you're new to the show, One Trashy Summer is one month long. We're doing trashy movies, and then we return to the more normal programming in July. I That's right. Trust me, we got some big plans coming for the rest of the summer, some movies that people are definitely going to want to tune in for. This is more the self-indulgent month of the year. Oh, yeah. It's all <laughs> very exciting. We're trying to appeal to that like 48-year-old creep crowd who remembers this movie fondly. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, thanks for listening, buddy.
check it out, butthead. This chick has three boobs. <laughs> That's pretty cool. How many butts does she have? 